This call may be recorded or transcribed. Good morning, God morning, great morning. Welcome to Declaring Victory. Is there anybody on the line? Morning, good morning, good morning. This is Minister E.K. Dustin, your host. Good morning, it's Susie. Susie, good morning. Good morning. Can I ask for a prayer request for me? I'm having extreme pain in my lower back again and going down my legs. All right. Oh, yes, it's pretty bad. Going to get a hold of the doctor today. Thank you. you. Thank you. I got you, Susan, for that extreme pain. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Anybody else on the line? Anybody else joined us? Good morning, morning. Sister Lisa. Happy Friday. Hey, hey, God bless everyone on the call. Hey, hey, hey. Good to hear your voice. I hope you feel better, Susie. Feel better. Absolutely. Good morning, Mr. Topaz. Topaz, good morning. Mr. E.K., how are you? I'm doing well. Just driving to work. I'm going on mute, y'all. All right. All right. Good morning, God morning, great morning. Anybody else join the call? This is Minister E.K. at Declaring Victory. Good morning, Rose. Good evening. Happy Friday. I love you. 
morning, morning, morning. We love you. Hallelujah. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Anybody else? Good morning, this is Lloyd. Good morning, Lloyd. Thank you for joining us at Declaring Victory. Mr. E.K. Dawson, your host, and we're glad you're here. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, morning. Hey, hey. my day. Amen. Good morning, God morning. Great morning. Good to hear your sound. God is good all the time. Yeah. You already started us off. You said, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart, and we will enter his courts with praise. And you got a praise on your lips. We're thankful for you. Good morning, good morning, God morning, great morning. Anybody else good on the morning. line? Good morning, good morning. It's Deborah Evans. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Favorite Friday and Declaring Victory. Glad to hear your voice. Good morning, it's Patrice. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Patrice. Happy Favorite Friday. Happy Favorite Friday. Yes, indeed. Yes, Lord. Anybody else joining us this morning? Good morning. Good morning. Who am I speaking with? My name is Tracy. I am related to Juliet Smith. She informed me of your... Well, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to Favorite Friday. And uh, we know that the Lord will bless you through this call. Uh, and we are excited about what's going to happen today on Declaring Victory. Amen, amen. amen. Thank you. Amen. I likewise, thank you. Hey, hey, good morning, E.K. It's Rochelle. Happy Favorite Friday. Yep, yep. <laughs> Happy Favorite Friday. Amen. Amen, amen. And you do the same. I I work at a high school and the kids laugh because I say super dope sometimes or say super duper and they crack up and fall out. (laughs) I am accepted in the beloved and that's Ephesians 1 and 6 and I am complete in him and that's Colossians 
two and ten, and I am crucified with Christ, and that's Galatians two and twenty, and I alive with Christ, Galatians two and twenty. Amen. I am free from condemnation, John five and twenty four, and I am reconciled to God, Second Corinthians five and eighteen. Hallelujah. I am, I am, I am. Hallelujah. Anybody else joining us on Declaring Victory this morning? Yes. I am Maximona. It's most. I love it. Amen. 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 I am born of God and the evil one cannot touch me. First John five and eight and I his faithful follower, Revelation. Uh, 1714, and a fellow citizen of the saints of the household of God, Ephesians 2 and 19. Hallelujah. I am built up on a foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, Ephesians 2 and 20. I am, I am, I am. Hallelujah. Anybody else join us this morning on Declaring Victory on this favorite Friday? Amen. I am overtaken with blessings. Deuteronomy 28. I am his disciple because I have love for others. John 13. And I am the light of the world. Matthew 5 and 14. I am the salt of the earth. Matthew 13. I am the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians. I am, I am, I am. Good morning, God morning, great morning. It's Minister E.K. Dawson, and I want to welcome you to Declaring Victory. Anybody else join the call? Good morning, it's Krishanda. Happy Friday. God bless you. Good morning. Good morning. Bless you as well. Good morning. Favorite Friday. Good morning, it's Persistent Priscilla. God bless everyone. Have a good day. Praise the Lord. Welcome. Happy Favorite Friday, and we're glad that you're here. We're glad you joined us this morning. Praise the Lord. All right, well, uh, it looks like it's time for us to get started. We've done our our good greeting. I'm Minister E.K. Dawson. I'm, I'll be hosting. Uh, and before we move forward, we want to ask you to mute your line, please, so that we can proceed. And again, my name is Minister E.K. Dawson. I am your host, and I want to welcome you to Declaring Victory. And thank you for joining us here on Declaring Victory. And we are a prayer call that meets Monday through Friday, at, uh, at starting at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 a.m. Central Standard Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to edify, to empower, to encourage, and to equip you uh, in your walk with Christ. Amen. And to be sure to continue joining us uh, for the last uh, couple of days in October, uh, the month, uh, this month, our monthly theme is forgiveness. Again, this month, our monthly theme is forgiveness. And all of our declarations, uh, uh, are focused on Abba's mandate to forgive others even as we have been forgiven. 
we have been blessed by it. Uh, make sure that you uh, make sure that you call in to be edified, encouraged, empowered, and to live out loud according to the will and the purpose of God and his holy word. There is one announcement today, and join us this evening at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, 8 a.m., I'm sorry, Pacific Standard Time, 8 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 9 p.m. for this Friday for Friday Night Live, hosted by our very own uh, Sister Didi. And make sure you, I I promise you that you will be blessed. Um, uh, There is no uh, request on the app, and the order of the call, prayer, and corporate praise will be brought by myself, Minister E.K. Dawson, that's prayer and corporate praise will be bought, and then our declaration will be brought by uh, our own Pierre, will be brought by our own uh, Pierre, and then we'll go right into closing comments by the declare. We'll go immediately then, and then uh, the scripture for today is Daniel 9. The Lord God is merciful and forgiving, and even though we have rebelled against him, hallelujah, may the Lord... uh, Add a blessing to the reading here and doer of his holy word. And at this time, I want to ask you just to do us a favor, uh, uh, to put your phones on mute until instructed to come off of mute uh, as we go into our corporate prayer. Again, put your phone on mute at this time. uh, And now we will begin to uh, pray and set atmosphere. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless your name, God. God, we give you glory and we give you praise. We give you honor uh, right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we call on your name because we don't know any other name, any other power, any other person, any other uh, uh, God to call. God, you have been our everything. You have been our sufficiency. You have been our God. You have been our leader. You have been our help. You have been our hope. And we praise you, God for being everything that we need. We call on your mighty name uh, because you said we could call, God. We call on you as our strength, as our source, Lord God. And we thank you, Father God. We acknowledge you in everything that we say and everything that we do, God. We acknowledge you and we acknowledge your greatness and how kind that you've been to us, God. God, we love you with our whole heart, mind, and soul, Lord God. We love you for waking us up this morning and starting us on our way and allowing us to see and behold a beautiful day. God, we thank you for activity of our limbs and and, uh, giving us a right mind, God, drawing the breath of a new day, of the Ruach, of a new beginning, of a new start, Lord God. We thank you, God, right now in your darling son Jesus' name. We thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, Lord, that uh, today was not promised, but you blessed us one more time, Lord God, to behold uh, uh, your power and your majesty, your deity, God. God, we thank you, Father God. Father, we thank you now as we go into our prayer request, Lord God. Uh, we, we we ask now that you will continue to bless Susie, who is ex- uh, uh, experiencing uh, extreme pain. Give her, uh, Lord God, everything that she needs, Lord God. Ease that pain, Lord God, uh, in her body, Lord God. Give her uh, uh, everything that she needs, Lord God, to make it through this day and then another day and another day, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for those that are struggling, Lord God, and that are wrestling uh, with their prayer life, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, 
for putting words in our mouth. It's easy to be able to say thank you. It's easy once we begin to think about how great you've been and how marvelous you've been in our life just to say thank you and to go and to check off our list, Lord God, because we love you for so many different reasons. Thank you, Lord God, for our children. Thank you for roofs over our head. Thank you for jobs to go to. Thank you for modes of transportation, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that, that we had a warm place and a warm bed and warm water and, and all the necessities of life, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, for keeping us. Thank you for keeping our, our testimony that we've been saved, Lord God, and we've been saved by your power, by your love. We've been saved from sin, Lord God. We thank you, Father God. God, we ask now that you would continue to bless uh, all those uh, that are married, Lord God, and their marriages. Bless them and bless them indeed, Lord God. Enrich their marriage, Lord God, uh, as we follow you through your word, Lord God. Enrich uh, relationships, Lord God. Enrich, Lord God, those that are that are even courting, Lord God. Enrich and then bless those that are walking in their singleness, Lord God. Bless those that are that are dealing with divorce, Lord God, and all the emotions and all the things that come with that, Father God. Uh, give us the strength as we walk and run this race, Lord God, in this day-to-day, -day, this thing called life, Father God. Thank you for empowering us, Lord God. We love you today, Father God. God, we ask now that you would bless our schools, that you would bless our communities, and that you would bless our churches, the household of faith, Father God. We thank you now that you would bless even those pastors, Lord God, uh, of, of, of every ministry uh, in, this, in, in this Bay Area, Father God, and that you would bless those under the sound of our voice, even those that are pastoring that are on this call, Lord God. Uh, give them everything that they need. We ask that you can keep them encouraged, Lord God. Give them a strength to run another day and another day and another day, Father God. We ask now that you would bless uh, our leaders here at Declaring Victory one by one, person by person, Father God. God, we love you today, Father, and then we thank you continuously, Lord God. You keep doing a new thing every day in our lives, and we thank you. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for grace. We thank you, Lord God. <clears throat> for your unmerited favor, Father, and we love you for it, Father. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for those that have just come to know you or that are trying to know you, that are seeking uh, after, uh, you said in your word that uh, 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 that would that hunger for uh, righteousness, that they would be filled, Lord God. So we ask that you would continue to fill us day by day by day, Lord God, and give us everything that, that we need, Father. Uh, bless those that are looking for a job, that are searching for gainful employment, Lord God. Let them not give up, uh, Father God, and keep and give them the tenacity that they need, Father. We bless you, Lord God. Uh, uh, in this spirit of, of, of what we call Halloween, Lord God, let the, our young people that are going out uh, that are trick-or-treating or trunk-or-treat or, trunk or, or uh, festivals or uh, uh, um, harvest festivals, whatever it is, that they would be safe. Bless our communities, dispatch angels to go out with the parents, guardians, and children, Lord God. Make them safe. Cover them with the blood of Jesus that they would be protected, Father God, uh, and that yet you would guide and direct them and keep them safe from any hate, hurt, harm, or danger. We rebuke the enemy right now in the name of Jesus, God. And God, as we prepare to take our phones off mute and make one powerful sound for you, God, we ask now that declaring victory that we would take off 
uh, our phones off of mute and sound the alarm. Thank you, Give your name praise. Give your name glory. Give your name honor. Hallelujah. Thank
of forgiveness and the things behind forgiveness, as I always say, it's never a coincidence whenever I'm scheduled to um, be the declarer for declare victory, how God navigates some portion of my life into what that thing is. And so uh, we're going to look at two passages of scripture this morning. I'm not going to be long because I really do want to leave some space just for questions. Um, but we're going to look at two passages of scripture. The first, first passage we're going to look at is Matthew chapter 6, which is familiar to some of us. And we're going to look at verse number 14. It says, um, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And then I want us to look at Philippians chapter 3, and that's where we're going to land today. Philippians chapter 3, and we're going to look at verse number 13 and 14, I believe. Yeah, let's look at Philippians chapter 3. And we're going to look at verse number 13 and 14. And it says, um, you know what, let's actually start at verse number 12. It says, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, I forget what is behind, and I'm straining forward for what is ahead. I press towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ. And and that's the uh, NIV version of that scripture. Um, I want to talk about forgiveness. Uh, I want to deal with, if I had to put a topic to it, I want to deal with my forgiveness gave me purpose. In my room, on my wall, I have this wall, uh, this portion of my wall with a poster on it, and I have it laminated, and it's called Note to Self. And these are different things that I, different epiphanies that the Lord gives me throughout. Am I here? Give him one moment, family.
Thank you, Jesus. Give him one moment. He may have got disconnected, but he's joining back.
Family, my apologies. We might be having some technical difficulties. We're waiting for Pierre to see if he's going to be able to connect again. So just hold tight. I'm going to release us off mute as the week is fine if you can. So, up here. You guys can hear me? I can. We can. Okay. All right. Thank you. And so he yells out, he says, hey, preacher man, preacher man. I said, yeah, what's up, man? It's Chicago. You know, random people walking in. Your, your guards are up. You're ready to fight it. And I said, what's up, man? And he said, does God have something he want to say to me? And I said, yeah, come on down, man. I'll prophesy to you. And I closed my eyes. The man walked down, and I began to pray for him, and then I began to prophesy to him. And when I opened my eyes, I was prophesying to the man that molested me when I was 12 who I had not seen since I was 12 years old, the person that had violated me, the person that I had tried to block out of my mind all of this time, the person that I had thought I forgave is now face-to-face with me. And I'm giving him the word of the Lord. Can you imagine ministering to your abuser who took away your innocence face-to-face? when there were so many things that you wanted to say and you you had made up in your mind that if you ever saw this person, what you would do and and how you would react. But here it is, God stationed it so that none of those things that you thought in your mind could happen, all you can do was release the word of the Lord. And so after that service was over, I told my armor bearer, Jonathan, I said, hey, Jonathan, I need you to go get that guy and bring him to the office. And he brought him in the back, and the man said, hey, man, thank you so much, Rev. You know, man, man, thank you so much. I wouldn't know where I was going to be. I just need some answers. And I said, hey, man, do you know a girl name? And I told him my cousin's name. And when I told him my cousin's name, he said, yeah, I know a couple of 
And he, he said he knew a couple of people by that name. He said, but which one are you talking about? And I said, what about a girl that used to call Mink? And he said, Reverend, what you know about Mink? Man, back in my day, I used to strip with a girl named Mink. And I looked at him in his eye and I said, I'm her cousin that you molested when I was 12. And his eyes got big as I began to recall the address and where he was. And um, his eyes got big and I said, hey, man, I said, don't worry, I'm not going to hurt you. I said, but I've waited my whole life to say three things to you. Number one. I said, everything I said out there, I want you to know what's the truth. God is going to do those things. Number two, I want to tell you that I forgive you, and so does God. I said, number three, can I have a hug? And he said, you want a hug from me? I said, yeah. I said, because I need to thank you for molesting me. And he said, well, why would you thank me? And he started going into what he was dealing with in his life at that time and what he had been through. And I said, I hear that. I said, but none of that matters. Can I have a hug? Because I want to thank you for molesting me. He said, but why would you thank me? As he gave me a hug. And my reply to him was, because now I know who I'm called to. And I realized that throughout my entire ministry, going through uh, the abuse of my mother being abusive, going through seeing the pastor beat my mom, going through molestation, going through the broken relationships, going through the sexual identity crisis where I didn't know if I wanted to date guys or girls, going through um, my ex-wife and, and her cheating and her faking a miscarriage and all of these things, I realized that I have been assigned the spirit of abuse. And when God said that to me, I said, well, God, what does that mean? And that's not fair. Why can't I be assigned prosperity or wealth? And I ended up in Atlanta. And I remember when I got to Atlanta, I did a conference, and all of the people that came to the altar were coming because they wanted to be delivered from abuse. I remember going to Canada doing a men's conference, and I shared this story. And after I finished, I asked how many of the men in the room resonated with this story or could attest that they had been through something similar. And over 80% of the men in the room had dealt with molestation but had never talked about it. And then I remember um, dealing with my cousin coming out to our family and my auntie about to have a nervous breakdown because he didn't know she didn't know what he was doing and where he was going. And my experience during that time of my identity crisis actually helped her save her son. And so I realized that the spirit of abuse was assigned to me not to hurt me, but it was assigned to me to give me a ministry. Fast forward, I'm in Atlanta uh, from 2012 into 2015. At 2015, my church went through a situation in Chicago. I ended up having to go to Chicago and then go to Detroit, which is where the next church was birthed in Detroit. And so I was in Detroit. I'm up preaching. And as I'm preaching, during this conference, we had been promoting it. But who walks through the door? But my molester. This time he's with a woman and a kid. And as they came in, they sat through the whole service, enjoyed the service. And after I finished preaching, I opened the doors of the church, quote, unquote, did an altar call. 
And Mama Lester and his wife and his child walked down the aisle and became my spiritual sons and daughters, joined my church. So not only did God position me for ministry, but he positioned me to be the spiritual father of Mama Lester. Um, But when we talk about forgiveness, I like to say that forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person, but it has everything to do with you. Because forgiveness actually gives you a ministry. When you look at the ministry of Jesus, Jesus taught forgiveness. When you got to the woman at the well that they were about to stone, and he said, he who was out sin cast the first stone. The Bible talks about him writing in the dirt and him reaching down and him beginning to write in the dirt. I don't believe that he just went down there just moving his hands, but I believe that he rewrote her destiny. There are some things that you've been through in your life that you feel was an affliction or you feel that um, stopped your growth. That's what the spirit of arrested development does. It allows traumatic situations to come and stunt where God, where God is trying to take you. But I come to prophesy to some of you on the line today that you're not stunted, that God is just writing in the dirt and he's rewriting your destiny. He's rewriting the plan of ministry. That's why Romans says, and we know that all things work together. All things, that's the good, that's the bad, that's the ugly, that's the abuse, that's the divorce, that's the mistreatment, that's the rejection, that's the hurt. All things work together for the good of them that are called. How will you know that you're called unless you have things that you go through? That's why the Bible says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the words of their testimony. How can you have a testimony if you have nothing that you've been through? And so what I've come to realize as it relates to forgiveness, I have to begin to forgive quickly. When you forgive quickly, it allows you to enter into the place of fulfilling the prophecy that has been written over your life. Let me give you an example. Come here, Judas. Um, Jesus is sitting at the table with his 12 disciples, and as he's about to break bread with them, he says, one of you will will, uh, deny me. One of you will betray me. And all of them said, no, master, it's not I. It's not I. It's not I. And he looks at Judas, and he gives Judas a kiss, and Judas kisses him back, and and he says, hey, master, it's not going to be me. And Jesus says something to Judas. And it blessed me when I read it. He said, do what you must do, but do it quickly. There are some people that are assigned to betray you. There are some people that are assigned to hurt you. I know this goes against everything that we've been taught in church and everything that we've been taught in life, but but there are some people that are assigned to do what they have to do to you in order for prophecy to be fulfilled. If Judas would have never betrayed Jesus, Jesus would have never made it to the cross. We would have never been redeemed. We would have never been called the inheritance of God. And so there are some things that are happening in your life that you have to forgive so you can fulfill prophecy. So I come today just to tell you guys, listen, forgive it so you can fulfill prophecy. Don't forget it. I know some people say, I I forgive, but I can't forget. 
don't forget. You were never designed to forget. If I, if I had forgot that story, I wouldn't be able to use it as a testimony for you today. So you're not supposed to forget it. You're supposed to grow from it and find out how God wants to use it as a tool to push you to where you have to go. So my advice is real simple. It goes back to the word, Matthew chapter 6. Forgive those that have harmed you as you will want God to forgive you. It goes back to Philippians chapter 3. Forgetting those things that are behind, meaning I'm not going to live there. It's not going to be my residence. I'm not going to forget that it happened. I'm going to forget the hurt because I, I gave that hurt to God, and God took the sting of the hurt away. Now, it's not a painful moment. It's not a traumatic experience. It's a testimony. But I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. What is Jesus? What is God calling you to do? How is God trying to conform you into the image of his dear son? Yes, it hurt. Yes, they were wrong. Yes, God, God saw it. Yes, it didn't feel good, but it worked out for your good. But here's, here's the promise that we have. It says, bless them that curse you. When you bless them, it's not saying, God, give them a new car. It's saying, God, however you choose to deal with them, they're in your hand. Because ultimately, the word of God says it this way. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So they didn't get away from it. The thing that you have to understand is that there are some people on this earth that we're offended by. And I'm not just talking about molestation or anything like that. I'm just saying in general, there are some people that offended us, and we hold on to them. And they've gone on about their life, and we're still holding on to that all, and it's not doing anything but keeping you holding unnecessary baggage. Why hold on to what you can let go freely? When his word says, cast all your cares upon me because I care for you, says the Lord. There are some things that we say, well, I don't know how I can get past it. I don't know what I can do. Well, guess what? What are you doing now? You're living. Even after it happened, you're living. Now, you can choose to live there. Or you can choose to live in happiness, but either way, go, you're living. So I'll close by saying this. Forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person, but it has everything to do with you. And when your soul is truly healed, you no longer have to prove the success, your success to the one that wounded it. You don't have to live your life trying to prove that you're good enough. You don't have to live your life as a victim. But when you choose to forgive, you choose to be free. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the awesome gift of forgiveness. God, that even in forgiveness, God, you're teaching us your way. You're teaching us how to move past where we are. Father, I speak over your sons and daughters, God, that you would reveal to us the areas that we need to forgive. 
and reveal to us the areas that we need to let go. But Father, we give you permission to touch those places and to bring complete healing and deliverance to those areas. And Father, we release the Holy Spirit to marshal and to begin to patrol our heart for the secret things that we buried. Father, I bind every spirit of stagnation and arrested development, and I decree and declare liberation, liberation from hurts, liberation from pains, liberation from torment. And Lord, I thank you for the awesome gift of forgiveness that you're going to cause us to discover. And we give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Any questions, comments, concerns, anything you need me to elaborate on? Good morning. God bless you, E.K. Dawson. That was a great um, testimony, a great share for unto today. Um, I do have a quick question, um, and maybe you can help me. How do you get? How do you get the bullying to stop? As far as dealing with um, a strong spirit um, that continue, that's kind of close to you, that like just won't that's like harassing like a serpent spirit you said a bullying spirit yes like jezebel oh you just cut jezzy head off um so when you look at amen thank you i'm a violent apostle but when you look at um the concept of jezebel when you read about jezebel jezebel was a controlling spirit but when you read about Jezebel's death, Jezebel's death actually reveals her assignment. And when I say that, when you look at how she died, the prophet Jehu commanded them to throw Jezebel from the balcony. And the Bible says that dogs came and, well, horses came and trampled her body and dogs came and ate her corpse. But the dogs did not eat her head, her hands, or her feet. The spirit of Jezebel comes to control what you think about yourself, what you do, and where you go. And the way that you break away from Jezebel is you take control back. Jezebel okay. comes to control and manipulate. And so when you begin to stand up for yourself, it, okay, begins, I'm learning how to, to do that. it begins to frustrate Jezebel because her hand is her power is broken because she can't control what you think, what you do, and where you go. Jezebel, uh, let me say this: Jezebel is not just a woman. Jezebel is anything that comes to control what you think, where you go, or what you do. And so, uh, when you begin to look at, I think it's Second Kings chapter seventeen or eighteen, where the prophet Elijah confronts the prophets of Baal, who were prophets of Jezebel on the top of Mount Carmel. It wasn't until he stood up to them that Jezebel sent the threat. Okay. Jezebel sent a threat. She spoke a word and said, you'll be dead by tomorrow. And the prophet got scared. The second way you defeat bullying spirits is you don't run from their worthless threats. Okay. So it's just a matter of you standing up for yourself. The most powerful thing you could ever tell a person is no, because it causes them to respect you. That's exactly what happened, and I see how it's causing some stuff. But I do want to thank you. Um, this is something I've been dealing with for a while, 35 years now because it's my mom. But I thank God for giving me the power over the enemy and over, over all, like over um, serpents and scorpions in Jesus' name. 
Thank Here, you so here's much. One thing, here's one thing that I realized about parents, uh, about mothers. Uh, my mom, as I stated when I was doing my declaration, I went through a lot of things, abusive things with my mom. And my mom have an excellent relationship today. Um, and maybe what I'm about to say will help you. I feel led to share this with you. But uh, there's a way to say no and still be in a place of honor. The Bible says, honor your father and your mother so your days may be long upon the earth. But then that next verse says, and parents provoke not your children to wrath. And so what happens is, as kids, we have a difficulty saying no because we think that it brings a level of dishonor or disrespect because the, the mindset becomes, well, I'm your mama. And how can right. you say that to me? And so there's a way, even with my mom, when, when it's something I don't want to hear, I said, Mom, hey, listen, I don't have the capacity to deal with that today, and I refuse to because it's interrupting my peace. And so there, there's certain ways that I speak to her that causes her to respect me, but there are also uh, the boundaries of me still being in a place of respect. There's nothing wrong with maintaining your peace. Um, another thing that I realized about parents was this. I used to get so upset with my mom. Um, I've been preaching since I was 17. To this day, my mother probably has heard me preach maybe 10 times. I've preached all over the world. Um, and I used to get mad, like, man, other people support me more than my mama do. And, and she she only supports me when it's convenient. She'll be the first one to tell somebody, oh, my son is Apostle Pierre. Or my son is Prophet Pierre. And look at my baby. Or when I'm doing something, that's my baby. He get it from his mama. And it used to bother me. But here's the analogy that the Holy Spirit gave me that I want to give to you. And I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to respond, okay? Um, okay. The question is this. Say you, say you come to my church. And all you have is $5. You have a $5 bill. And you come to my church, and after the sermon is over and I do offer, and I said, I need everybody in the room to get a $50 seed in your hand. And everybody in the room gets $50, but you have five, but you really want to give. What are you going to do? I'm going to give what I have. You're going to give the five, $5. right? Yeah. And so when you bring that $5 up to me and I say, I didn't ask for 5 I asked for 50 what's going to be your response? I'll go to the word, God loves a cheerful giver, and this is all I have, and hey. <laughs> and you're going to say, God loves a cheerful giver, and then you're going to say, this is all I have, right? Amen. Sometimes yeah. we expect from our parents what they really don't have to offer. So sometimes what they give us is their best offering. So what we do is we take their best offering and we make it work for what we need. Make sense? It does. The capacity thing I'm learning. I'm learning. Yep. Thank you so very much. I'm I'm also learning how to not allow it to affect me. And like you said, to build um, those healthy boundaries and to say mm-hmm. no, but also do it with the love of God and in a graceful way. It's not easy all the time. Oh, Don't get it twisted. I, it's not. <laughs> Hello. It's I'm not. still human, but I'm thankful for today and your advice. You're welcome. Anybody else? Apostle Pierre. Um, yes. Uh, why um, do you say my abuser? Should you change that now? 
Well, so that's what he was. It was a form of abuse. Uh, however, uh, I don't, when I talk to him now, I don't refer to him as my abuser because he's actually my spiritual son. But when I tell that story, I, I talk about abusers because um, what I've learned in counseling, what I've learned in life coaching is when we begin to say the word molester or things like that, those things um, are what's called trigger words or traumatic words. So when we say abuser, um, it doesn't necessarily mean a sexual abuse. Abuser, you can be an overeater and you're an abuser of food. Mm -hmm. And so it's just the way that I describe it when I'm telling that story. So I won't, so... Uh, I won't offend someone if I say, yeah, you know, and these molesters out here, what if there's someone on the line that has yeah. been a molester? Okay. Thank you. Anybody else? You're welcome. Good morning, Apostle. It's Rochelle Grace here. Um, I know we have some technical difficulties, but can you just um, give your um, scriptures for those who may have missed it? Um, and, yeah, that part. I sure can. It was Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, and Matthew chapter 6, verse number 14. Thank you so kindly. Grace here. Grace here as always. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Apostle Pierre, um, this is Lisa. Thank you for your um, transparency, your vulnerability. Um, thank you how your story is changing lives. Um, it's amazing how what the enemy would have taken for bad and tried to count us out and steal our destiny, that if we would allow God, we can take it <laughs> and he can take it and use it for good and to change lives and to help so many people that just like Joseph's lives, that many people will be saved, that generations would be changed, that um, nations would be saved. So thank you for allowing God to use you, and God bless your ministry. I, I think that, um, you know, oftentimes we talk about forgiveness is not for the other person, but it, it's for us. Well, what I see, and even in your story, I see sometimes I think um, I'm going to change that because in your story, I see so clearly that oftentimes it really is for the other person as well because we're in this thing and it's about relationships, right? We're in this thing and as we become like this man now has become your son, he is in the body of Christ. This is about us becoming sons of God, becoming children of God, becoming the body of Christ. And so now he has been given a true demonstration of what unconditional love looks like and what forgiveness looks like. And he's had a firsthand experience of the love of Christ. And had you not done that, he would have not been able to experience that. So that forgiveness was just as much um, about a demonstration for him, too, of how it's done properly. Sometimes I think we miss that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree yeah. with that. And when I say that forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person, um, uh -huh. I was meaning in the regard of, uh, say, say that person has gone on about their life, but you're still, I can't forgive them, and, and they're dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're still holding on <laughs> yeah. to that. 
Like it has everything to do with you. When you make that decision to forgive, whether they accept it, whether they say that they're sorry or anything, uh, I think maybe a better a better way of me saying it is forgiveness needs to take place even if you don't hear I'm sorry. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Totally, completely agree with that. Okay. So, yeah, I was, like, looking at the other person, like, wow, how many times do we hold people hostage and then we say we love God and we're Christian and we're walking this thing out and we don't, we miss the opportunity to display um, one of the really, really key um for lack of a better word right now, concepts of our Christian faith, which is forgiveness, which is what Christ did for us. If he had not done that, we would not be here. And we get to demonstrate that to the world, I mean, to those that we're trying to say, come on in, there's room for you at the cross. And then we miss this opportunity to extend one of those key concepts. So, So I just saw that through your message. Thank you, Seth. Wow, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Anyone else? Good yeah. morning. Good morning, Good morning. Dee Dee. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is Dee Dee. Okay. I don't know who else that was. Hey, Dee Dee. Okay, go ahead, Dee Dee, and then I'll go to the next person who that was. Okay. Good morning. I love you. Thank you so much. I'm with you with that transparency. Oh, my God. So many of us would be healed. If we told, like you told your story about the um, conferences you did and 80% of the men could relate, well, that's really a lot of our wounds, I think. Cause I'm, I'm, I, well, let me not speak for everybody else, but childhood molestation um, is big, and it's a lot of what ACEs stems from. And so, so many people have not gotten over it because the offender may be dead and gone or not, or you may have been that person that was molested. You know what I mean? So how mm-hmm. you broke it down, I thank you for that because if you're not able to, to really um, deal with that and how you were able to love on him, I'm in tears at work because that similar situation with the uh, older woman, I mean, it's so much that you brought up. I'm almost 55, right? And so what, you, what you've done is make me, I'm going to have deep conversations with my children just to see if they're holding anything because it, what you said triggered something for all three of them. Like, I want to make sure as a young mother and, you know, they were with babysitters and stuff sometimes, I want to make sure they're not holding on to something that may have happened to them that they haven't talked about. So that's what you did for me this morning, Apostle. So I just, I'm so grateful for that. And if we really would deal with that and let that forgiveness piece really, you know, be real in our lives as believers, we would be free and we would be more healed. So I love you. I just want to tell you to thank you for um, some stuff for me this morning. No problem. Thank you. I appreciate you, Didi. Uh, who else was that though speaking with Didi? It was prosperous. Oh. Me and my hey, morning voice. What's up to you? <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Um, uh, um, I'm just. Uh, I'm so thankful. Um, I, I love your your. Uh, I love when you speak anyway. Um, but it just is always like to the point, you know. Um, and again, think I I uh, agree with Lisa. Your transparency is just um, I think it allows others who probably have been in similar situations to be blessed. Um, I was given um, I, we were talking about some things. Even what you were talking about, Shante, um, last night on the women's call, and I was so and a uh, like. 
emotionally just kind of in a frustrated, not very good place yesterday, last night. But I got off of that call and, um, you know, just I thank God that he uses certain things to get get me closer to him. Um, uh, but I was reminded when you were speaking about um, the – and T.D. Jakes was – I was just listening to a message that he shared yesterday about how, you know, we say God uses – will speak through people mm-hmm. um well so will the enemy so will the enemy will speak through people um and then he talked about the man who was possessed by a spirit and um i believe jesus said come out he said who are what's your name and um i don't know i think the enemy said legions or something mm-hmm. um legions he where we told are him many. to come out huh yeah, I said his name was Legions, but he said, my name is Legions, for we are many. Right. And um, so I was just thinking about, it just helped me think about, you know, when you're dealing with people who like might be offensive or you might be getting that, I can just pray that out of them. Like, I don't know if that will work, but you know what I'm saying? It just gave me another way of looking at it, not the person, but the spirits that within them. And so I don't know if people who do those certain things, like what happened to you, if, you know, I, I feel like you get, you gave that man a gift. You know, that was like a gift, like you forgiving him. I mean, if you're doing that anyway, or, you know, abusing people, there there's something going on with you. And well, so, so I just, sometimes... Sometimes what happens is um, I'm not going to use molestation for this example. Uh, Let's look at lying, right? Some people, Uh well, the church has taught us that everything is a spirit. Uh Some things are not a spirit. Some things are learned behavior. So, for instance, now I'm going to go to molestation. So, for instance, if you have a three-year-old that's being touched and that three-year-old sees someone else touch another person that way, that three-year-old grows up thinking that's normal mm-hmm. and that three-year-old does it. So it's repeated behavior. And so what happens is if the if we as the church begin to teach, and you're absolutely right, there are certain things we can pray out or we can pray against. Uh, concerning people, but we have to recognize the pattern. And so when yeah, we and maybe recognize I should have pattern, said, mm-hmm. no, no, you're absolutely right. And we can recognize but I was, the And pattern. I was thinking, and you know, like I was also thinking like from my perspective, like I've been more hurt by emotional abuse, emotional stuff, like not the physical, but like the emotional, if, if that makes any sense. It does. Because when we so, when you start yeah. looking at um, when you start looking at when I teach demonology or I teach prayer and I start teaching on demonology, emotional abuse is related to mental torment. It's related to trauma. It's related to mind control. Yeah. It's related to Jezebel. Yeah. When you look at spirit, when you look at sexual abuse, sexual abuse deals with spirits of Carvalho. Incubus and succubus, generational curses, spirits of abuse, spirits of manipulation, spirits of control, spirits of rebellion. And so all of these spirits operate. And so what happens is 
sometimes in the church we're not equipped to deal with. We just deal with the surface. We see a person that's lesbian or homosexual, and we instantly say, oh, that's the spirit of lust. No, let's deal with the rejection that that person went through. Let's deal with the door. Let's deal with the root of it first before you got to deal with all that other stuff before you even get to that. And so I feel that we haven't had adequate training because a lot of things that the church calls discernment is really judgment. Because what what God trained me to do as it related to my molester, as I stated when he asked for prayer, I just thought he was a drunk man coming in. It wasn't until he stood in front of me that I saw who he was, but I also saw who he was. And so discernment, when we talk about true discernment in the church, discernment is not seeing a person for what they've done or where they are. Discernment is seeing a person through the eyes of Jesus, and Jesus sees all of us as a completed work. So God allowed me to prophesy to him. I saw him in his drunk state, but when he got in front of me, I saw him as a completed work. I saw who he was, and I prophesied to that. And so as a prophet, I couldn't, I couldn't just because he was Mama Lester stop releasing the word of the Lord to him and say he don't deserve the word of the Lord. No. I had to prophesy to where he was. Then I had to minister to where he had been and pull him to where he is now. Um, Makes sense? Amen. Yeah. Yes, it does. God bless you. Thank you. Anyone else? Prophet Pierre, this is Monica. Um, I was the one trying to speak when Dee Dee got on the phone, but what this is Monica H too, because I realize it's another Monica that be on this call. What's up, Monica H? <laughs> I wanna uh, you know, say you have a great declaration. I thank you also for the transparency. I went through the same similar things. And you know, your story gave me hope today because I have a son. And see, you said a lot of things about the church. And I raised my son in the church. And I learned later that he went through some things, even after I tried to pray about it. Because, you know, I'm, I'm going to say that I saw a spirit on him when he was a young boy, right? And mm-hmm. I didn't understand what was going on, but I was praying for, you know, for him, right? Because God was showing me something, but I didn't, like you said, you don't always, you're not always equipped to know how to pray adequately. So I prayed the way I knew how to pray, right? But, and I feel like it wasn't until he went away to school that his life began to change, right? He was no longer living with me where I could take him to church all the time. So when he became an adult, he had to make his own decision, right? And yeah. so he he got confused and he got caught up in that lifestyle of homosexuality. And I found out that he was molested as a kid. That's why I saw that spirit on him when he was young, right? But I didn't know where it was coming from. However, what I'm trying to say in all that, you gave me hope with your story, you know, because I've been believing God for the salvation of my son. And I'm never going to see my son in that light that he's been in because he knows God. He should know 
some things about God on how to pray, you know, for his own self-salvation. And so just by you sharing a story gave me a little hope for my own son. Wow. So thank uh, you for your declaration. You're welcome. Monica, let me say something to you. And this probably offends some people on the line. I'm not bothered if it does or not. Um, but if I can give you an advice, an advice as a person who's been where your son is, um, love on him. Love on him like crazy. Love on him. And I know most, especially in the African-American family, um, the advice that we feel is every time they come around, you need to find you a woman or you need to do this or, or gay this or gay that, and they're being teased. But I can remember, and this is another transparent moment, I can remember being a freshman in college and dating a guy and went out to dinner and this guy actually and this is this is when i came out of the lifestyle this guy actually proposed to me at a restaurant and not gonna lie about it he was married and he, he proposed to me he was like i'm ready to leave her and all of this is going on and he, he proposed, and I remember going into the bathroom because I knew God. And I went in the bathroom, and here's what I said. I said, God, I'm not strong enough to tell him no. So if you do not tell him no for me, I'm going to tell him yes. And when I got back to the table, he asked me, was everything okay? And when I looked at him, I saw the spirit behind his face. And mm. I was like, no, I can't marry you. And I slid the ring back across the table. And I remember walking to the train station because I left him at the restaurant. That was the last time I ever saw him. But I asked God a question. Mm. I said, God, I said, I've been dealing with this lifestyle for so many years now. Been dealing with this identity crisis for so many years. I said, what do you do? I said, I got in prayer line after prayer line. I fasted. Mm. I went through deliverance training and I had people pray for me. I tried to stop talking to guys. I tried sleeping with girls. I said, none of this stuff worked. Why didn't you take it away when I asked you to? Mm-hmm. Here's what he said to me. This is the part that might offend church people. I really don't care. He had me read where Paul asked him to remove the thorn from his flesh three times. Mm-hmm. And Paul went to God three times about the storm in his flesh, and God's response to him was, my grace is sufficient for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie, even after that day, I still had struggles in my flesh concerning that, that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And it still rung in my head, my grace is sufficient. I said, well, God, what the H-E double hockey sticks does that mean? And here's what he said. He said, sometimes, he said, look at your ministry now. And even looking at my ministry now, he said, how would the homosexual know that I love them if you've never been through what they've been through? He said, how would they know I can deliver if I never allowed you to go through the lifestyle and delivered you? And then here's what he said that blessed me. He said, you asked me about this storm. He said, but I want to tell you, son, that sometimes the things that you hate the most about yourself are the things that I leave there 
because it's the only thing that keeps you talking to me. Mm. Yep. And so the reason I say love on your son is because you don't know the private conversation and prayers that he's having with God about where he is. Mm-hmm. But you also don't know how God is going to use those situations to give him a whole ministry. And if I could tell you, you just explained his life through your own story. And uh, you have tears in my eyes over here because I'm holding on to that, everything you just told me. And, you know, I know that God is able. I will and tell I, you this. You're going to see the prophet that you saw when you, he was not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it is in him. We, My whole family, has, uh, me and all my kids have the gift. And so I know that it is for me, too, because, see, it has evolved my prayer life into an intercessor. So I intercede for everyone Everyone who came in contact with that spirit, even myself, you know, I got violated as a young kid, and I learned that some things come through the birth canal, you know, and so I'm just whatever God's plan is, I know it's going to bring glory to God, and I, you are the evidence because I have a personal contact interaction with you in this moment that gives me. That hope I needed, you know? So I'm just so grateful for your transparency. I'm grateful for everything you just shared and you told me. Because all I have was the vision. I have the vision and I stand on it. So I, I just really, man, God is awesome and spite of everything we go through, every trial, every tribulation. I am learning to glory by God in it, learning how to thank God for it, because it's like what you said. It is for the glory of God. How can we help someone else if we've never experienced it? Mm-hmm. You don't know the pain. I know the pain. And I'm so grateful for it today. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyone else? Good morning, Apostle Pierre. Good morning. Oh, my goodness. You just blessed my life. You have no idea. Um, My situation is different, and mine is my health. And I... And I just question sometimes, uh, God, why won't you heal me? I know you can. Why won't you heal me? But I understand that it's all for his glory. And it keeps me, it keeps me praying. It keeps me closer to him. And I tell myself every day that I am healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much 
for your transparency today. Thank you for your testimony, for your story, for your life. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. You're welcome. Just keep decreeing it and then ask God for people that to give you the names of people that are going through what you're going through and pray for them. Anyone else? Apostle Pierre, can you explain to me when she was saying some things come through the birth canal? Uh, So the Bible says that we were shaped in the sin and we were born in iniquity. And so uh, in the spirit realm, there are, you ever heard like generational curses, right? There are some things that have been assigned demonically to our bloodline that the enemy would try to use. And so when she says pass through the birth canal, those are things that the enemy would try to use to uh, hinder us. And so just like God has a plan for our life, and when we are, uh, we're born prophets, right? And so when prophetic graces and things like that are on our bloodline, those things, we come into the earth with those things on us. There are some things demonically that the enemy will place on us to hinder us. And so there are two blueprints for your life. There's one that God sent, and then there's also a blueprint that the enemy sets for your life. And that's when we start coming into the realization of God that we're able to make choices, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. Okay. Did I help you? Yeah. Okay. Anyone else? Good morning. Good morning. Apostle Pierre. It's Krishanda. I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> okay, Abasha. Thank you for your your testimony this morning. Um, it really blessed me and God is so incredibly timely. Um, of course. I just want to say thank you and God bless you. Um, yeah. All I gotta say. Lord Jesus, bless you. Thank you so much. Good morning, uh, Pastor Pierre. Good morning. My brother, late declaration this morning. You know, it's like this is the very first time I've ever heard a man share your type of uh, testimony in the church. You know, I'm I'm used to it in the 12-step setting. You know, in the men's groups that I attend, you know, we 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 pretty much totally transparent on on a deep level, but I've never heard it uh in a church setting, right? Yeah. Especially for from a minister or pastor. So, you 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 like everyone is saying, you know, your transparency was like, whoa blow my wig back, right? And I was thinking about the behavior that I had to be delivered from, you know, uh, you know, sleeping with a lot of women, right? Uh, and, and I was exposed to uh, sexual behavior at a young age, you know, four or five years of age. And, you know, I wouldn't say that I was molested when the babysitter came uh daughter came in and, and woke me up, got on me, 
and stuff like that. Um, but I struggled with uh, masturbation at a, a period for years, you know, from a young age into my adult life. Uh, how do you, uh, I mean, like you talk about the thorn in, in your side. Could you uh, speak to to that part of the, the 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 perversion, the sexual perversion? Yeah, um, a lot of times. So when we start going into understanding sexual perversion and understanding uh, we and understanding the spirits, we have to understand the difference between the spirit and the act. So, for instance, homosexuality, lesbianism, those are acts. Those are not spirits. Spirits that are assigned to homosexuality and and lesbianism, the uh the what we call the strong man, that demon name is Carvalho. Carvalho is the parent of Icubus and Succubus. Icubus and Succubus are two demons that are um for the lack of a better word, they are two bisexual demons that are assigned to have sex with you when you're asleep. They're also assigned to cause perverted thoughts, perverted dreams, perverted feelings. Um, and then Icubus and Succubus are associated with the goddess Asherah. Uh, so when you read, and I believe it's Judges chapter 6, God commands Gideon to go and tear down the altar built to Baal and the Asherah pole next to it. The Asherah pole is, a, um, it was an altar of fertility, of reproduction. And so when it comes to, when we start dealing with masturbation specifically, masturbation is induced by perversion of Achabus and Succubus. But when you start reading, and I don't want to go too deep into it um, for the sake of time, but when you start reading into uh, Satanism and you start reading into the Centurion Church and things like that, some of their rituals uh, uh, conjure up demons or to actually uh, invoke spirits of lust and release demonic pheromones to attract women to them. One of their rituals is they would masturbate and they would take their ejaculation and rub it across the um, the keyboards to cause de demonic influence to come and make them attractive to women that were married and things like that. And so um, those thoughts are introduced through our sleep. And so what I recommend people that have addictions to masturbation or things like that, what I recommend them to do is every time they get that urge to, turn on worship music or pray. Because your spirit will react to what you feed more of it to. And so if 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 that spirit of lust, the Bible says, the Bible talks about the three things that Jesus himself was tempted by. That's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. That's found when Jesus goes into the Garden of Gethsemane after he goes in there for the 40 days. After he comes from there, he's sent into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. The devil tested him with the lust of the flesh. How, how and I'm going to use it in, in men's terms, how does, how does that woman look? The lust of the eye. Mm, she looks good, and the pride of life. What can I gain from this? How, how will the sex be? And so those three things induce that lustful thought of masturbation. We see it happen with David. David sees Bathsheba bathing, 
and his lustful desire for her causes him to put her husband on the front line and be killed. So it kills off something. So the way that you counteract it is to feed your spirit with more of uh, God in those moments. Because what that does is it subdues your soul. Mm-hmm. My, my, my. Well, yeah, we get deep this morning on this call, Matt. Thank you, my brother. Uh, great decoration this morning. You're welcome. Thank you. Anyone else? So when you doing a class on that? <laughs> uh, this Dee Dee. <laughs> no, this Lisa. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I have to figure it out. Y'all in, inbox me, and I, I, I will figure out in my schedule when I can do a demonology class. But I haven't, I haven't done one in about a year. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it goes real deep when you start talking about spirits and things. A year is about a good time to do another one, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll put one together. Anybody else? Good morning. This is, good morning. Good morning. This is Ebony. I have a question. Okay. Um, I see that there's a lot of women that have been in relationships with men, and then when they've been um, even married women, like after they've gotten abused and, you know, traumatized by the men, then they, they go towards the women. So... How do you, and then there's, you know, some of them are still in the church. So if they're still listening to praise music and they're still worshiping and they're still in the same sex relationship, how does that, how does that work? Uh, Number one, we got to understand that God can change anybody. That's number one. I can remember being in my doctoral program and I had to explain to them how, the spirit of molestation or how that spirit of lust works. Um, the very first thing that we have to understand is let's look at it spiritually, okay? The first thing is we are body, soul, spirit. So I'll use my story for instance. At the age of 12, I was molested by a man. My body took the feeling, my soul took the emotion. My spirit took the memory. Your body is male or, male or female. Your spirit and soul have no gender. And then when I turned 18 and I had sex with the female for the first time, it did not match the feeling that my body felt. So my body communicated to my soul, search after the emotion, and my soul communicated to my spirit. And then because my spirit wasn't strong enough, it yielded to what my soul wanted, and I went back to men because it was the first experience that my body encountered. Now, when you look at it in the natural, um, one of the things that happens, and, and I can relate to it, is when I was dating women, I was cool, but the moment a woman hurt me, I, it was easier for me to go to a man. And the reason was because I didn't have to deal with the emotional aspect of it. It was like, okay, we both men. I don't got to deal with the nagging. I don't got to deal with this. I don't got to deal with that. And so it could be the it could be the same thing for some women because every woman's experience is different. Where you know a man hurt her, or a man raped her, or a man abused her, and she's like, you know what? I don't trust men with me. 
But the best way for me to get companionship is through a woman. As it relates to them still listening to worship music and secular music, I mean, worship music and still praying, uh, some things are not. And I'm going to say it this way, but hear what I'm saying behind it. Some things are not choices. Some things are demonic traps to keep us bound. But because our hearts are tied to God, that's what keeps me listening to the, to the Christian music. That's what keeps me worshiping. But that's also the little gateway or the little uh, crack in the door that will allow God's hand to slip through and bring me out. If that makes sense. Does that make sense to you? Yes. And so, but, okay, so dealing with that, is that like when they say you can't serve two masters, you can't live in the light and the darkness as well? It can be, but at the same time, uh, that's more of a person that's in the darkness asking God, where are you? Okay. That's the person that's saying, God, I'm here in this spot. It's just, it's just like me. God, I'm praying and I'm asking you to deliver me from this, and you're not saying nothing. Where are you? And so sometimes God speaks through the darkness. He will say, follow my voice here. He has to guide us out. Because if he guides us out, then we know that we're following his voice. However, if we keep running through different doors, will always choose the wrong door. He Sometimes God allows us to get all the way up against the wall where there's no other way out except him. Right. All right. Thank you so much for that. Great declaration. You're welcome. Thank you. Anyone else? Good morning. How do we get token? Oh, right. oh, no, no. You can go first. I'll go after you. I really just want to know um, what's the link so we can find out any of your classes because you have some very, uh, I'm sorry, my name is Janet, <laughs> um, and God bless, but yeah, I want to know about your classes, please. <laughs> um, I haven't started my new round of classes yet. Um, I'm getting with my administrator actually this week to start those. I'm trying to see which ones we want to offer first, um, but you can email me at pierre 82 at gmail.com. So that's P-I-E-R-R-E-R 82 at gmail. Or you can look me up on Facebook. It's Pierre Robinson. Okay. Uh, Instagram is Pierre I don't, I don't really have but you can say it for everybody else. Yeah. Uh, Instagram is Pierre R 82 but uh, those are the two best ways to contact me. And our, my ministry number is the number to our office. That okay. number is, I got to remember it myself. The number is 313 313-306. 0446. And that's also how people, how you guys can schedule um, personal counseling sessions and things like that. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. You too. Anyone else? Yes. Can you repeat your phone number, please? It is 313-306-0446.
Apostle here. Yes. Hi, this is glorious, glorious. Thank you hey. for your your declaration this morning. Um, in the example that you used about the the, I'm going to call it the con the conflict between soul mm-hmm. and spirit after mm-hmm. having been molested. You said that your spirit, that your your spirit. I, I don't remember what you said about your spirit, but what I thought about in it was that your your phys- your spirit within you was still um as you were and correct me if I'm wrong, as you were uh in when you became involved in the same sex relationship was still in conflict with what your the Holy Spirit within you knew to do. Mhm. And so the the worship music and staying trying to stay connected and close to God as you could, that is what Holy Spirit within you is what was able to draw your spirit and the, and the help heal the mind and the soul of what had happened and the feelings. Exactly, because I start feeding my spirit man more than I fed what my soul wanted. So my soul, in those moments where I wanted to go out on the date, in those moments where um, I wanted to go have sex, in those moments where I wanted to go, to the club, I found myself staying home, turning on worship music or reading my word. And so I began to feed my spirit man more. So the Holy Spirit, the Bible says uh, to be carnally minded is enmity against God, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And so what happened was in those moments where I would choose the club or I would choose the sex over the things of God, it was because that's what I was feeding my flesh. Mm-hmm. Right. I wasn't feeling so scared anything. Right. And so that not only is applicable and appropriate for whether it's sexual sins or whatever it is, anything is contrary to anything. It's the same yep. thing. You have to call your, because remember, your soul, your soul, and, and the only way I can put it this way, your soul is up for grabs. Your spirit belongs to God. Your flesh is going to die and go on the ground. The devil wants your soul. So you have to train your soul to be yielded fully to the Holy Spirit so that your soul can govern your flesh and your spirit. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Good morning, Pastor. Um, Good morning. Once again, um, now... A lot of people say that uh, sin is sin, and it don't matter what type of sin it is. But it it seems like sexual sin, right? Uh, it's just something about sexual sins. You know, it's like if 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 okay, you you got people uh, that may murder. Uh, children rape them or whatever and uh or you you might have somebody that you know snatch a parky book and, and and go get loaded or something um is there like sexual sins uh is is just just really bad how do you Differentiate between uh, somebody snatching a purse to 
to go get loaded. Sin, sin is so, sin. Sin, sin is sin. sin. And so the reason that sexual sin is uh, considered a high sin or the sin with the most points is because it's the only one that's really talked about the most. But murder is still sin. Blasphemy is still sin. Gluttony is still sin. Stealing is still sin. Lying is still sin. And so it's not going to be like when we get to heaven, it's not going to be, hey, you know what? You masturbated most of your life, so you going to hell. But but you only you only looked under a girl's skirt and touched the girl's breast one time. So instead of you getting a mansion, you go have section eight. That's not how it works. Sin is sin, and so all mm-hmm. sin will be will be judged accordingly. It's not a, a point system for sin. Right, but does but does sexual sin affect people in the physical differently than someone that's just like overeating or something, gluttony. No, because at the end of the day, so let let's look at let's look at sexual sin and let's look at murder. Right? So sexual sin, you got somebody that raped someone. It affected them. Now they're they're traumatized, they're tormented, they're um they're dealing with panic attacks. They're dealing with um, anger, right? Then you uh-huh. got somebody that's murdered. That family is dealing with torment. That family is dealing with anxiety. That family is dealing with anger. It's still the same effects. And so okay. we, because we categorize it, we say, oh, you know, uh, if you rape somebody, that's a sin. But you just lied on your taxes. That's the sin. No sin is greater than the other. We as are, we as humans categorize sin as, oh, this one's worth a thousand points, but your line is worth ten. We do that, and that's not how heaven looks at it. Right. Yeah, I, I understand that part. I'm just saying the way sexual sin affects us in the physical and the natural seems to be uh in a deeper way than someone just lying on their taxes. Mm-hmm. It, it it does, but when you look at it and so it does in the natural but it looks that way in the natural because of the way that we have humanized it but when you look at it in the spirit if you have a if you have a christian that molested somebody it's like man that christian just molested that girl if you have a christian that lied on their taxes it's like man that christian just lied on their taxes either way it go both things are a reproach to the kingdom and so that's why i said it, it it's a matter of the way that we have humanized it because sin is sin either way we look at it. So does it affect us differently? Yeah, it affects us differently in the natural because of the way we look at it. Okay. I, I follow you. Uh, this is uh, Monica again. I wanted to say a little something about we're talking about sin and 
what I wanted to say is sin becomes sin when you know godly principles and you continue to act in that way. If God has brought something to you that is sinful or not pleasing to him, it becomes sin to you when you become a saint of God. Before knowing God, we didn't know that we was in sin. We didn't know the grace of God. So it was when I came into the body of Christ that I learned that my ways of life were sinful before God. And God said, turn away from those things. Well, if I, you know, when we're carnal, when we're new in Christ, sometimes we don't really get it right away. And we stay in that sin. But God God forbids that we continue in that way when we know to do what is right. Like if we're reading the word of God, he tells us these things. So it becomes, to me, I feel with my own life and struggle that it became a sin to me when I knew the principles of God because someone that's in the world sinning, robbing, and doing all that, but they don't know God, they blind. They don't even know that they're in sin because they don't really know God or the principles of God. So if I, now knowing God, continue in fornication, I sin against my own body. And I sin against and I sin in the sight of God because I knew that that was a godly, that was something ungodly and wasn't pleasing to God, but yet I chose to do it. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely agree with that. Anyone else? Good morning, Pastor Pierre. This is Juanita. I just want to Good thank morning. you for your declaration um, this morning, your transparency, you know, and the forgiveness is, you know, showing us, you know, true forgiveness and how it's done. Um, you know, I just I just want to thank you uh, for that. You know, I've been dealing with uh, forgiveness all my life, so, you know, for forgiving a parent, forgiving you know, the husband and stepsister, you know, all of these things, but, you know, so um, it's an ongoing thing, and um, I just thank God for this line. Amen. I thank God for y'all, too. Y'all really push me. <laughs> y'all push me, but I appreciate it. Anyone else? Good morning. Yeah, good, good morning, morning, Pastor. Good morning, Apostle Pierre. This is a Persistent Priscilla. And I just want to say the same thing as Juanita. My heart just grateful this morning listening. And I'm thankful for the clear victory line the whole time as I'm listening during this entire month dealing with um, forgiveness. I've just been grateful because I can hear and feel the difference inside of me that's changing. And something that was said yesterday brought up another area in which the work is not complete. It's not done, but I'm working and understanding differently. Um, And I see how it is a gift to myself and a gift to others around me as well. And I so appreciate you. Um, your transparency this morning was just amazing. 
and and you living in the world of impossibilities because God clearly tells us nothing's impossible with him, but we keep up all those impossibilities and all those things around us because we just don't know. And that's why we perish because of lack of knowledge because we just don't know. But if we stay at the throne of grace and mercy and continue to stay there and stay in his word and, 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 and push back the world and be alone for a minute because that's what it takes, that's what I'm going through at least, um, you start to see a little bit, and I'm just scratching the surface. I mean, I'm nowhere near where I believe God wants us to be. And I'm so happy that you said it is, we don't look at the church, doesn't look at it all as spirits, because it's so true. We deal with so many different spirits, and you identify the spirit in which your ministries are called to. And I thought that was wonderful. It made me ask the question, what is my, what spirit am I a call to? And, um, different thoughts and different suggestions. And then I had a question that came up in my spirit was like, wow, the ground is fertile for you in San Francisco Bay Area. When is your ministry coming here? (laughs) I will will come to San Francisco whenever you guys invite me. I I would love to come. Um, I want to the airline so I can just hop on the plane. But if you guys put on something, I would love to come. Just give me a letter and we can figure out some dates. My brother and sister actually have a church towards that area, so I would love to. Yeah, the ground is incredibly fertile for your ministry, no question about it. But um, thank you for giving your personal, I mean, your business and personal information, too, because I'm definitely, when God says the same, going to reach out. And I just want to say bless you, man of God, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else before we go? I don't want Deanna to get me. Good morning. Y'all, y'all, my brothers and them are sitting here listening to this call, and I say anyone else, and they raising their hand. <laughs> Good morning. Can you hear me? Good morning. Yes, I can hear this you. Is, I'm Wanda. I'm new on the call, and um, thank you for your transparency, your share, your honesty. Um, I've been listening, and I'm just over here conflicted with different feelings and emotions because everything you talked about I can relate to from being molested at an early age um, that molestation has been attached to my entire life Um, as me being a victim um, as how I look at men and and interacted with men I have three sons, and it has spilled over into their lives. They have been also molested, and um, it's just really deep-rooted. It's a deep-rooted family um, thing. And so I've spent my whole adult years trying to repair the damage that was done as a net as a neglect neglect mom, and I know the first sign of forgiveness is that I have to forgive myself, and so I've been working on that, but I keep going back and forth from forgiveness and then guilt and shame and um my youngest son is is and ha- always has been disrespectful, angry, rebellious, um, and 
it's to the point where when I show forgiveness to him, because he doesn't know God the way I know God. And yesterday's message was don't, um, we can't judge others because they're not in the same light as we are, or they're not walking the same walk as we are. And although I raised my children in the church and did the best that I could as a parent, um, I, I, I now see that I fall, I fell very short. Um, I'm at a place in my life where I'm getting closer to God. I want to be more closer to God. And all those things that you talked about that, you know, ways of casting out demonic spirits, ways of casting out evil thoughts, ways of casting out um, sin, period. Um, It's through prayer and meditation, but it's also through reading the word. And, um, you know, Pretty Patrice is my sister and um, Jeff is my brother-in-law and they're, they're really you know, um, they they brought me closer to Christ and and the level of humility that I have, but I don't know the word of God. I can open a Bible and I can read the Bible and I'm ignorant to what I'm reading. And And it's like, I want that because I know that's the solution. Like I listen to, you know, I listen to the regular radio station and 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 it gets to a point where it sounds like chatter, just loud chatter. And I'll turn it off and turn to the Kirk Franklin um, gospel channel to to, to soothe my soul. Um, I know how to turn the TV off to just have peace and quiet and soothe my soul. But I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how to continuously fight off. I, I call him the devil. When I when I have peace and serenity and everything is going good and he just just keep popping up, you know. Um, yesterday I was in a in a bad car accident and and now I'm at home in pain and it, it's just it's just I'm just conflicted. And you know my my thing is okay, God. Uh, when is this going to end? I don't want it to end with death and me going in the ground, but I just need, I need to, I need more. I need to be equipped with more because I'm, I'm willing, I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to do whatever God say do. Um, but I need help in that area. Um, I don't know why I'm crying. It's just, um, crying is a form of relief. It's a form of release, and so um, when we position ourselves and we start to go after the things of God, the thing that the misconception that we as the church have painted is that the moment we decide to go after God, things are going to get better. No, Satan don't want to let you go, so all hell is going to break loose. But the difference between then and now is you have heaven backing you up. And so that's why the Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And so the more that you submit to God, things are going to work out. And so where you are right now, I know it's hard, but it's normal. Let me say that. It's normal. We, Me with my anointed self, 
I still go through issues like that, and it's normal. And you're crying because tears tears are in, tears are nothing but liquid intercession. And so God's got you. He knows exactly where you are. Thank you. Hey, You're welcome. Hey, yes. I want to share this real quick. Um, pretty Patrice, could you give your sister my number? Um, this is Lisa. And then, sis, I want to invite you to the Thursday night women's call. It's just a bunch of women that are just walking this thing out called life together. And you are more than welcome to join us. We would love to have you every Thursday night at 6 o'clock. No judgment, just as we are, walking this thing out called life together, and we would love to have you join us. Pretty Patrice, Thank please you, give her my number. You're welcome, sis. You're welcome, um, I just wanted to jump in and say thank you, Wanda, for joining us. Continue to come back um, as you come back and join. Um, the, the Your heart will be able to be tilled, and you'll receive more. You'll begin to understand more. And I also want to encourage you to download the audio Bible um, and listen to a different different translations, but make sure that you use the King James as your um, foundation. Sometimes it's a little hard to understand the word with these and nows, but I learned that the new um, NIV or NLT and most definitely the Amplified will help you to understand, um, you know, and, and pray, always pray. Um, it'll definitely help you. My name is Rochelle, and we, um, if you need us, just call our name out, and we'll be able to, you know, check in and check in, check on you if you need us. Yeah, my favorite version of the Bible, uh, if you're going to read in the Bible app, my favorite version that I preach from a lot is the God's Word translation. That's because it's in everyday language. Okay. Thank Anybody you guys. else before we go? Yes. Good morning. This is Miss Sabrina. Good um, morning. I, good morning. I heard a lot of good stuff. I tapped in late, but the thing is I'm on here. Uh, what does transparent mean? Uh, it just means that you're open. Uh, you're open about situations. You're you're very. When they say you're very transparent, it just means that hey, you you didn't hold back nothing. You told us exactly how it was. We can see through. You know how some people will speak to you, and you'll say, uh, "Hey, so did you take that cookie?" And they like. No, you'll ask the question, have you ever stole before? And they're like, well, no, you know, I took a cookie before. Transparent is me saying, yeah, you know, one time I was in the kitchen and I took this cookie that my mama told me not to take. I told on myself. I was, I was so very actual, transparent about what I, happened. I was I was open about what happened. I didn't hold back anything. I just told you how it was. Oh, okay, because I heard a lot of people saying transparent, and I'm the type of person. I don't know, sir. I need to ask. But thank yeah. you for your declaration, even though I missed it. I know it was off the chain. God bless everybody, because it's the last day of forgiveness, ain't it? Because, you know, the whole month of October. Yeah, I've been forgiven. So. Amen. Yeah. So I just want but to transparent. My grandma would describe transparent. She would say straight, no chaser. <laughs> Part. Okay, I get it. I appreciate <laughs> right. it, everybody. God bless Victory Prayer Line. 
Everybody have a blessed weekend. All right. Anyone else? Thank you. Before we go? Yes, good morning. This is Topaz. Can you guys hear me okay? Yep. Okay. I just wanted to say um, thank you for your declaration. I learned a lot um, just in what you were saying, how you was basically um, giving your testimony of what you've been through. It seems like sometimes we as believers don't want to uh, embrace what we've gone through. We don't want the testimony that God will give us. And so we miss our blessing because of the way it's packaged and um Everybody's pulpit is a little bit different. Everybody's ministry is going to look a little bit different. In your case, you went through abuse, and you were able to not only heal yourself through forgiveness, but you were able to embrace that, looking at it through your spiritual eyes, and bring other people through it as well. Um, like you said, you ended up adopting um, the person, your abuser, as your uh, spiritual son. So I just wanted to say uh, thank you. I um, learned a lot, and um, I hope everybody has a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Hey, Pierre, it's Destiny. I just want to thank you for sharing. Um, when she just shared about the testimony, my thing is I've overcome so much, but I don't want to, I don't like to share the testimony. I just kind of just move on. And God keeps reminding me that he took me through everything for a purpose. He took me through the pain for my testimony, but it's just it's, it's so much, you know, with my abuser and my mother and just, I just, found myself just moving on and if he puts me in the path to talk to someone then I will but I know I'm supposed to write a book and certain things I'm just like I don't want to I don't have to be obedient yeah it's, it's, it's one of those things where um you have to look at it this way that yeah we go through what we go through and we come out of it but just think about how many people would not have to go through that process if you just tell your story. And so that's what makes it easy for me. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyone else? Going once, going twice, three times. Well, let me pray and let me bless your day so you guys can going about your day. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your sons and your daughters that are on this line. And Father, I thank you that as we have come to the close of the month of October, Father, dealing with forgiveness, I thank you, God, that you're going I'm to show us yet. areas. Okay. <laughs> you're looking at me like, uh, so, I see Father, my 16. I you that you're going your phone to on mute, release us into a place of forgiveness where we can understand your true forgiveness and understand your love and move forward from those things that the enemy will try to bind us in. And so, Father, as we get off of this call, I speak, God, that they will be encouraged, that they will be restored, that they will be delivered, that they will be set free, that they will be free from any bondage, any traps, any snares of the enemy. I speak that your blessings will overtake them and their family. Father, every prayer request, every concern that was lifted up on this call, I decree and declare God, that they will be in your hands and you will perfect those things concerning them. Now, God, allow those that are assigned to work with them, by them, and for them to cooperate with their destiny. Father, I speak to their past, and I decree and declare that their past doesn't have permission to speak to their future, and we give you praise, honor, and glory. Bless Dion. Bless all of 
the staff of declare victory, Father. Bless everyone that's under the sound of my voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Until next month, I will talk to you guys later. Amen. Love Amen. You too. God bless you. Have a pleasure, have everyone. Have a blessing, everyone. Have a blessing, everyone. God bless everybody. Have a weekend. Love y'all. Love you too. Bye. I love you. Oh. We love you too, girlfriend. Have a blessed day. <laughs> You're just.